This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me. All right, we're back. We had a little computer crash here for a moment in production studios. Uh, Things do happen. I see you all. We're wondering. I see uh, uh, Plantation Mark saying maybe satellite. We're back on and we're fine. And as I was saying, if you're just tuning in, I was uh, doing a um, a story on the an enigmatic city of Archer, which is in the southwestern corner of this county. And by the way, it was always Byerly's districts. If you believe in single member districts, Byerly's district is Archer, and uh, Byerly never did a single thing for for Archer the entire time he was a representative at the county, except make sure they didn't grow. And uh, they didn't, and they haven't. And so they've become a kind of uh, forgotten territory of the county. Uh, once upon a time, the landfill was there, and the uh, landfill was stuck down there for years and years and years, and finally they got that out of there and covered it up. And uh, so it's always been struggling to have an identity, and its own commissioners are their worst enemies. The first thing I realized when I was asked to come there and help straighten the town out was it wasn't the town, it was the commissioners. I mean, you know, generally commissioners anywhere are incompetent, but those were excessively incompetent. And they had a couple of dominant <clears throat> figures that wouldn't <clears throat> stay quiet, and rude and, and that sort of thing. And so I had to get them under control. I had to, uh, uh, you know, help the commission understand they could censor their own. So they censored Lori Costello, who uh, just, you know, could not contain herself. And so we got her kind of shut down. Um, so there was a lot of things that just they basically needed to be cleaned up there. But uh, one of the first things I noticed, well, as I was saying before we went down there on our, on our, on our transmission, was um, the lack of any kind of police there. And at one point I called Sheriff Darnell and said, uh, you need to kind of give us a couple extra uh, tours down this way just to make sure the lid's still on the place. One of the first things I had to deal with when I got there, and there were a lot of things, by the way, and, 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 and incidentally, I considered a tremendously beneficial learning experience. You haven't really, really been in charge of anything until you've been in charge of a city, and no matter the size. And because you are the keys to everything, um, you've got to juggle the idiosyncratic uh, county uh, city commissioners, you've got to uh, make sure the bills get paid. You've got to make sure uh, that the uh, uh, residents don't, you know, have a voice and can complain, but complain reasonably and all kinds of things. So the first thing that was almost going to happen when I got there was I thought we might have a race riot in Archer. Um, when I got there, the folks that live in the town itself uh, were really very upset because there had been a quote-unquote block party. It's not really a block party. It's uh, just a kind of a loud music 
on and through the night and obnoxious kind of depending upon who you are. If you're a young kid, I guess it's the be all end all of going to parties. But uh, for the residents who wanted a decent night's sleep, um, they came pouring into City Hall complaining that they couldn't get one. And how in the world did anybody here in this community who was in power ever allow that to happen? Of course, I had not been there when it had happened. And so it was going to be coming up again that uh, they were going to have another one of these events. And really what it was doing, it was picky, and the one I was involved with was piggybacking onto something called an Easter uh, event that uh, it, during the daytime was, you know, rather civilized. And um, you would see mothers pushing children strollers and vendors out there, you know, selling a pretzel, that sort of thing. And we were okay with that. Except I knew that when the lights went down and it got dark, uh, because I'd seen the flyers advertising <clears throat> this, uh, I don't know, I can't remember what it was named, then, Music Fest or Block Fest or whatever. And the flyers were really coming out of Jacksonville. And that's when I realized we were going to have a problem because what happens with a town like Archer, which has no police, which has plenty of rural space around it, is these promoters in these big cities will say, come to Archer for this be all end all. In this case, it was rap uh, session. You can imagine what that kind of fuse is. And I looked at these flyers and I said, well, that ain't going to happen. So I called in and all things that people who were being piggybacked onto, who had the actual daytime situation covered, but had no clue what went on at night because they went home and went to bed. We're two very nice, old, middle-aged, older black ladies. And I had them come into my office. And I said, ladies, I said, uh, you know, you've got something here that is about to blow this city up. Uh, people can't sleep. They can't, uh, they don't know how this happens. So I'm going to make sure this doesn't happen again. And <clears throat> they did, they were in denial. They said they knew nothing about it. They had their affairs during the day and went home and went to their respective homes. I said, well, you got to realize that when the sun goes down, there's a whole nother world that comes into this community. It was so bad that they were parking cars all up and down the highways to get here to stay for this big thing. So I told the ladies, I said, listen, first thing you've got to do, since you're the ones who asked for the permit for this whole activity, which you're now being you know, used at night without you knowing it, they're tagging onto your permit as you're gonna to have to indemnify the city for a million dollars, which is an insurance policy that takes it out of our pockets uh, if something goes wrong and they sue the people who put on the, uh, the, the affair, not us. So, oh my God, they went crazy about that. Nobody had ever asked them to do that. And you can imagine the very first thing that happened to me when I got to Archer is they played the race card on me. I don't care, you know? I'm just doing, trying to do the right thing. I don't care. Let them play the race card. You know, that I was down on the black folk. I didn't like the rap music, which I don't. I think I've said before, it's a violent form of expression. Um, violence always accompanies it. It's all about violence. So here I am, the city manager. I'm not going to condone it and buy into it, unlike the city manager who did allow Tony Jones and them to do that on the homecoming weekend. I mean, my God. I mean, what a what an incompetent group of people that city of Gainesville is. They don't have any nerve or 
courage or understanding of anything. So I said, I told the ladies, nothing's proceeding. And furthermore, you have to pay for all the porta potties. I'm gonna have to bring the cops in here. You're gonna pay for that. And uh, otherwise it ain't going down. And, and uh, so, you know, it was, it was something evidently that lesson has been forgotten in Archer because I'll be darned if they didn't turn around, apparently, according to what I can read, and, and see and, and do the same darn thing. They let a, these groups come in from these other cities, <clears throat> these promoters, <clears throat> pick Archer because there's no cops. Uh, you got Holly in the Hills, which is a big ghetto. And you got everything. It's just, and it's all about drugs, by the way. And, and so, and then the drugs now are accompanied with the violence and et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, there's some articles I've been reading that if you take a look at all the violence, it's, you know, so-called kids going into school and shooting up. They're all psychotic on drugs. They're all psych been, we've legalized marijuana. Probably the worst mistake we ever made as a country, <clears throat> legalizing marijuana. Because what it's done is promoted the uh, fertilization of marijuana now. The product is 30 times more powerful with THC content, according to some of the studies I've read. Uh, than, than the old-fashioned stuff grown in the guy's backyard. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> so uh, here, here they are. I mean, they've got these kids running around, uh, you know, psychotic and, and stoned out of their minds and having the music, and, and it's nightfall and people from all over the different parts of the state. And, you know, what are they, what are they doing? I mean, are they pretending this is all some sort of prom? I mean, come on. So they now have another shooting in Archer. They're going to continue to have that problem until they get a backbone as a city commission, as a city manager. Uh, they're going to have the same problem in the city of Gainesville until they stop kowtowing to these people and they, get, they stop being intimidated by asking for legitimate, uh, uh, you know, legitimate legitimate. <clears throat> uh, 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 permits and legitimate functions until they stop being afraid of being retaliated by being called racist, they're not going to be able to conduct these things peacefully and orderly. And it's going to be chaotic. And unfortunately, somebody is going to get involved in the deal and get, uh, and get, get on the short end of the stick. So that's my, that's my conversation about uh, the city of Archer. I take it all the way back directly back uh, to uh, the city manager whom I don't know. I've never, I've never met the latest version of the Archer uh, city manager. Um, so that, that's the situation you have in these communities where you have weak leadership. Uh, it, it ends up in chaos, and, and chaos is uh, not, never any good. I want to segue over here to the city of Wallachia Commission. Um, they voted unanimously uh, to support the county's proposed tax initiative. You know, it just makes me think of the, of the old story, a sucker is born every minute. I mean, are you, are you telling me, you city commissioners, you mayor, of course, the mayor is a Democrat and, and, you know, he plays both ways against the middle and, you know, kind of a leader, leader, a rudderless ship, city of, of Lachua. It's just sad. I mean, it's just floating around adrift, pushed around by the currents. And now they get duped into... Uh, I thought we had a new commissioner, might be some help, but I know that, that new commissioner is no help. They vote unanimously 
to uh, for the county's tax initiative and get sucker punched yet again because the county doesn't care a bit about roads. But in order to get their wild spaces money, they always attach it to roads. If they got the wild spaces um, thing, uh, if they got the wild spaces thing out there by itself, it wouldn't pass. And if they got the roads out there by itself and just dedicated all the money to roads, it'd pass overwhelmingly because people are fed up. So the county, uh, the city commission of Alachua buys in, gets sucker punched again by the county. And here's why. Just because the county says that they're going to gather this tax, more tax for roads, doesn't mean they have defined what they mean by roads. The devil's in the details. You should never vote for this kind of crap from the county until you say, I want to see your definition of roads. Because what they're doing right now, and I've covered this already, they're stealing from the gas tax, which is supposedly go to roads, what's to keep them from stealing from this tax? They always do it, if they can get away with it, um, by changing the definition of things. So the county gas tax, as you know, in a knee-jerk reaction, I covered it a couple of days ago, Captain Planet, Robert Karl Marx, Hutch Hutchinson, the communist commissioner, who now off the dais, uh, Minnie Mike, uh, the thin-skinned water boy, and the others, they go along in a knee-jerk vote, never ask the people from the dais. They could have done this. Listen, they could have done the same thing with single-member districts. They could have put single-member districts on the ballot from the dais the same way they decided to stop prisoners' roadside work. They did it from the dais. Just on a knee-jerk reaction because it wasn't good optics driving into Alachua County. And guess what? The roads still need to be worked on. So where do they get the money to pay the county help? Which gets, you know, hourly wage, retirement, medical, all this whole bit. Where do they get it? They get it from the gas tax. Did they ever tell you? No. Old Ward Scott here had to pull them in and put them under the light and burn a hole in their shirt with the interrogation light to get them to tell the truth, to spit the bit. And then none of the commissioners ever spit the bit. That hapless uh, public works director sheepishly admitted to the committee that I was the chair of then, the Rural Concerns Advisory Committee, sheepishly admitted that, well, you know, I didn't, they always covered it. I didn't do it. I was told to do it. Do what? Well, take the money out of the gas tax. What do you mean take the money out of the gas tax? Well, you know, we have, still have to clean the roads so we pay our own people. You what? When you were giving them free and the, and the inmates actually enjoyed getting out of Domino's for a while and, you know, sitting in the yard there and doing nothing and getting out and getting a little fresh. Huh? And you didn't even ask them? Well, I didn't do it. The commissioners did it. And I, I just saw here on the live chat, Jennifer Friend asked, how did the county get so bad? It's bad because it's a county that's run by the urban core, Jennifer. That's what the single member districts issue is about. Basically, the city of Gainesville runs the county because that's where all the votes are. And that's where all the people come from to run. We haven't had a rural county commissioner in a long, long time. I, I can't remember when we had a rural county commissioner. Um, if I think long enough, maybe I can get back to the days when there was one. But there hasn't been a 
By that, I mean anybody who understands anything. Now, you think the roads are the same issue in the city of Gainesville that they are? And by the way, the roads, you have to understand this road tax. You got to be careful about this road tax, okay? You know, I bet you you don't know what road you're driving down unless you are an astute observer of reality or the world around you and you look at the road signs. Just in the city of Gainesville, one road will be a city street, another will be a county road, another will be a federal road, and then there'll be an interstate. Now, this gas tax from the county is only going to address county roads. Well, where are those county roads going to be? If, 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 if these commissioners in Alachua think they're automatically going to be in the rule part of the county, good luck. They're not obligated to put it in the rule part of the county. And, and, and there's, unless you look at the fine print in the, in the bill, and the fine print's not going to speak to it. So, I, I, you know, is there anybody sharp enough to check these things out? Are they just going to sit there and, as one person told me, well, there's some members of that city of Alachua Commission that look like they just dress up and go to church. They don't have any brain attached to what they're doing. And there are others I, I can mention. I can name them, every one of them, profile them for you, but I won't. Uh, and there's another one that's scared of her shadow and, 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 and doesn't want to take a political lead. Um, there's another one's a neophyte. And there's a one of, another one that's just is living on borrowed time. I mean, I, I apologize. I apologize. Robert Wilford is no longer there. Um, is, um, so, you know, yeah, Tim's breaking it down a little bit more. Uh, half, see, the half goes to wall spaces. That's the kick. Um, public places, you know. You Listen, there won't be enough of that tax used for what you think it's going to be used for when it's all said and done to uh, buy you a Baby Ruth candy bar. I mean, really. So there I am. That's my report on a couple of city commissions. Um, I have a wealth of experience with city, well, you know, unfortunately, a wealth of experience with government. It's just really beyond me why um, it came to me. I don't know why, you know, I have to be the one who collects all this information and thinks through it and why these others can't do it. I guess it's because they're scared of not being elected or, or they've got some ideology. I know I just showed you yesterday what lousy critical thinkers they are. They're just absolutely horrible thinkers. Um, they'll, they'll just don't, even our own guys like Perry, that nonsense that Perry comes up with about the Supreme Court absolutely gets him a D in my class. I mean, that's just horrible. And total misunderstanding of, of the whole process by which this occurred. The Supreme, I'm going to get into it in a little bit, but Supreme Court returned to reasonable deliberation began with Ed Wood Meese the attorney general under Reagan, okay? Meese, conservative, Reagan, a conservative. This is how long, far back it goes. Meese hired young attorneys that he saw could think and were reasonable people. And that's where those young attorneys, a couple of them who made a big difference right now in the Supreme Court, got their beginning with Meese. And they have worked their way through the judicial system and found themselves 
on the Supreme Court. Don't you know that Trump knew that? Trump knew that. Trump knew where these people's beginnings were and how they got there and why they were good candidates and what they would do. This, these, the, Barrett and these people have done nothing radical. All they've done is interpret the Constitution and read the root words as, as they as they're intended to be read. That's all. They haven't killed abortion. They just said you don't, it's not in the Constitution. So I'll get into that a little bit more. But this is a this is a problem with public officials. Are they smart? I get asked this all the time. Are they smart? Um, sometimes. Are they brilliant? Never. Never. I mean, in, in history, I suppose, Adlai Stevenson was the smartest one. But Adlai Stevenson actually was too smart to be the president. He came across as an elitist. He re and, and, you know, he couldn't stand a chance against Eisenhower, if I got my history right. And he even depicted Adlai Stevenson on stage one time with his legs crossed. And lo and behold, the bottom of his shoe had a hole in it. So the PR people started taking a picture of this really dressed like a banker, very smart, very bright. Adlai Stevenson had a hole in the bottom of his shoe like the common man. So to try to brand him and, and advertise him as the common man, uh, they repeatedly so showed that shoe uh, with a hole in the bottom of it. So, um, you know, it, it, uh, it is interesting to... to um, kind of have a long view of history as you get as you get older, provided you can remember. <laughs> and uh, that's another one of the good challenges that faces all. But I really fault ultimately, as I said yesterday, the education system. The education system, you see, who are the most important people in a society? Well, the Greeks knew it was the teachers. The teachers are the ones who should be the highest paid and have the highest standards, by the way, of, of entry. Uh, you, don't, you, don't, you don't lower the standards, you make the standards very high, but you compensate them very well. And if you do that, then you'll produce good students who will then become good people in the community who are able to apply these skills in democracy. They're tremendously important. And that's the only place you're going to get it. You're not going to get it off the public school system, which is an imitation the public school system was its current form was established in the Industrial Revolution. It's modeled after the assembly line with interchangeable parts, and you proceed along the assembly line, and you have a specific kind of tailoring of the product, and the product is a specific product. It's not a generalized product. It's not a kind of a, a, a classical product. Uh, it's a specialist product. So you, you specialize along the assembly line, I don't know if you've ever worked on an assembly line. I have, and you just have that same thing you do all day long, solder the same wire all day long, and that's the assembly line. And out the other end comes that product that goes down that assembly line, and that's the way education is right now. The education system we have is horrible, and but it was, it's not really any of the, it's not necessarily anybody's fault except that when we lost the war against Yankee aggression and Yankees won, they put in their education system, which was modeled on the industrial uh, model. 
of assembly line, interchangeable parts, standardized parts that can be, uh, um, you know, bought separately or, um, you know, the whole bit, the whole concept. That's what we have is education. So we don't have anybody that's come out of the system of education that can see the big picture, that can put together the thing. Uh, you're probably listening to the last guy, maybe the only guy you'll ever know who can do it. And I think when I uh, uh, go on to greener pastures and kick the bucket, uh, you won't have anybody. Uh, there's not going to be any more Ward Scots. I'm not saying that egotistically or anything. I'm saying it's because I, the way I was educated. There won't be any more. And there aren't any right now. I, don't, I can't listen to any of the other talk show guys because uh, I just have, I get tired of waiting on them. And they don't, they don't really interest me or hold my attention. There's a couple that do maybe. Of course, I used to listen to Rush because he was a great storyteller. And he could make the listener feel like he was right inside the room with him. That's a real gift. So I'm going to be back in a moment after production gives our sponsors a good heave-ho and uh, talk a little bit about the national malaise we have right now, the screaming from the hysterical left. If you would, just to have fun production, play all that hysterical screaming before we come back, you know, that the, that the left, we've got all kinds of voices we've recorded over the year. You're right back in the Word Scott Files. This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. The Ward Scott Files gold sponsors are Maurice T. McDaniel, Shoot GTR, on-the-spot dry cleaners, r, r construction, and style cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.awardscottfiles.com, and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page, or call my friend, Freddie, at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Wardscott Files, and remember, if you like the show, thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All bees poop. Uh, Warthog. He's gonna come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! All right, welcome back to the Ward Scott Files. I'm watching the show a little bit delayed here over the other computer. Good morning, Jody. Uh, hello, Jody. Jody's up and out at, at the looking at the world today. If he's still on, and of course, my great buddy Jack Phillips, who ran it back all the way against. Uh, 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 Wolfson in the opening kickoff, by golly. We had back-to-back -back opening kickoffs down in Florida Field years ago. Jack ran his back. Thrilling moment. I'll always remember. Very exciting. Um, 
Well, you want to throw that picture up now just to start off with? Uh, Tim Martin, my good buddy over here in the uh, city of Newberry, watching it. I think he's on right now. Uh, just sent us over a picture of Ramey Eagle Glenn being sworn in. I haven't seen it. Uh, maybe we'll toss it up there in a second. Um, got it coming up. Now, this is the lady who was appointed by DeSantis to take the place of um, the woman who was so confused about where she lived. Uh, it's a rare moment. Uh, you know, these rare moments are like uh, taking a look at the eclipse or something. It doesn't last very long. It's a rare moment when you actually have a Republican on the county commission. Take a good look and because uh, you may not see it very long. Uh, they'll be out to destroy her. They'll be out to get her off the dais. I don't know if she intends to run. Uh, if I were she and she had been appointed, uh, I think you would have to go ahead and consider it a run for the future and start campaigning right now and uh, see if you can't uh, uh, get a jump start on whoever would be uh, perhaps you know, out there thinking about running against you. But maybe she, she did run one time before, Alfred beat her. Uh, turns out Alfred was deceptive, evidently, at least in her mind. Alfred was confused about not only who she was, but where she was from and what she was doing and just took herself out of the lineup. Kind of crazy, really interesting, though, and opened up a slot in the lineup for uh, how, albeit we don't know how long, for this lady here. So uh, take a shot of it, take a picture of it. Uh, it'll last until November. And then the election will either put her back or replace her. So she may get drafted. I'm talking now about motor car racing, where the fast car out in front, uh, you get you the slower car, you get along behind that fast car. And therefore, you're able to go faster than you would without the fast car out in front of you. She may get drafted by Ed Braddy. Uh, Ed Braddy is going to be the big name Republican in uh, the race. And... Um, uh, Tim says that uh, Glenn is filed and so is Alfred. So Glenn is going to need to draft behind Ed Braddy. And by I say that, um, you know, we had this decision to make when I was running whether to group together two other candidates with me and advertise the whole Republican slate. It was a huge mistake to group the other candidates with me. They couldn't contend. Um, they didn't have uh, the appeal and all the above. But nevertheless, uh, the, the decision was made by whom, by the way, the money people, the people who are behind the scenes, who pump the money into the, the party and that's distributed out to the support of the play, of, of the of, of the candidates. Um, in this case, though, I would suggest that the Republican Party advertise, although. So you have to ask if 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 you advertise Glenn along with Braddy, would Glenn take away from Braddy? Well, that's a, that's a roll of the dice because it depends on how Glenn behaves between now and November. Uh, and she, she should, in my humble opinion, clean up her rhetoric on Facebook. In fact, I would, you know, I, I'd get off of that Facebook because she's got some rhetoric out there and some posts that can be used against her. And so this is going to have to be a decision by something other than me. I'm not involved with these people other than, of course, I've had Ed on the show. I reached out to Glenn and asked her if she wanted to be on the show, never heard back from her. I didn't think that was a very good sign. If I reach out to you and you're a Republican candidate and you don't get back to me, 
at least say no thank you? Well, you know, that's not a good sign. I'm going to say it right now. Because you're not recognizing how networks are put together. So I've got that in my, uh, in my uh, memory. Uh, of course, I've had Ed as a host, co-host. And we used to host together on the radio. So Ed is always, um, you know, I've got it. Ed, come back. Come on back and talk. And, and, but in this case, it's going to be interesting whether as a strategist, um, Ed Brady would allow himself to be publicly grouped in a race with Glenn. And it would be whether or not Glenn would drag Brady down. Brady could drag Glenn up if everything went properly. You follow me? But we'll see. We'll see how that works. So, and I'm never wrong. I've been around this for a long, long time. So there you are. Now, the, um, the, the hysterical left is the title of my show today. Got a new face I'm looking at right now, a lady named Tammy, who is uh, training under Evan. Hello, Tammy. Uh, I don't know if she hears me or not, but anyway, it's nice to have her looking here on my other screen. I can see her. You can't. Um, this this, this uh, football coach, uh, I want to cover this for a minute. I was a football coach, as you know, for a brief time in my life. Um, been around athletics, you know, a lot, as you know. And I had the Coach Hogg's locker room uh, because I found the coaching world to be another world of teaching. Teaching, uh, uh, that's all it is. Coaching is teaching. And, of course, you... You, you have the opportunity to inspire and, and um, um, as you do in the classroom as well. So, but I thought it was kind of funny about this thing about prayer. It harkens me back to a couple of things. One, I had a friend, still a friend, I hope still a friend, haven't talked to him for a while, who had a son. And my friend and his wife were about to be damned to raise their children as atheists, uh, even though they had been raised as Christians. Um, they were bound to be damned to raise their children as atheists because, in their opinion, they thought that perhaps uh, really Christ the religion narrowed your frame of reference and limited your uh, scholarly aptitude and, and uh, you know, all that business. So, so they had set out to raise uh, their children as atheists. And my buddy told me the story. It was really funny. He was sitting next to his son, who was still in high school at the time. And uh, they were at a funeral or something uh, in a church. So that's, you know, somebody who that had been their friend. And the Lord's Prayer was being recited. And my buddy said his son started reciting the Lord's Prayer. So he turned to his son and said, kind of, you know, he was dismayed hearing he and his wife had gone to all these very uh, sincere efforts to uh, cleanse the mind of their children of any religious uh, language. And here the son was reciting the Lord's Prayer. And so my buddy looked at his son when quietly and the prayer was over, said, where did you learn the Lord's Prayer? And the, the, the son looked at the father and said, in football. <laughs> I think that's just hilarious. I think it's just hilarious. Of course. Hey, look, in football, you and, and my buddy Jack knows this, you'll do anything you have to do to win. I mean, we used to, we used to go uh, 
newspapers and towns that we were going to play in to write remarks about our team that were kind of, you know, confrontational and the meaning. And we loved it when they did it because then we'd cut those newspapers out, uh, those articles out of the newspaper and put them up on the wall of the, of the locker room and the weight room and everything. And, and then we'd say to the, the players, see that, see that what that guy said about you? He said you, 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 couldn't, you couldn't hold his jock strap. You know, and then, of course, that kid would all get all snarly up and ready to go. Hey, if it worked, it worked. You know, we need hey, Gatorade. We embraced Gatorade. We didn't know what it was. Dr. K came out there with a, uh, a big vat of Kickapoo Joy Juice. We didn't know what the heck it was. But by God, if it would help us win, we'll drink the sludge, even though it tasted like drinking the periodic chart. So, and one time, we, <laughs> I remember this. Oh, man, the coaching staff, somebody somewhere told the coaching staff, I don't know if my buddy Jack remembers this. He probably remembers it. That eating steak as a pregame meal was no good because it just logged down your players and, you know, get them to eat pancakes. So we went, we went, <laughs> we went to a pregame meal. And by golly, it was nothing but pancakes. And the players were grumbling, hey, where's the steak and everything? You know, and we say, hey, listen, man, this is the way to go. This is the way to go. These are all carbohydrates, buddy. We're going to burn this up. You're going to get out there in the field, chop feet, chop your feet, chop your feet, break down, break down, chop your feet. But we get out there and by golly, run out of gas because we had the sugar high, then we had the sugar low. Well, that whole thing about eating pancakes for the game lasted about one game, if I remember right. We were back on the steak trail. So, <laughs> and I got to tell you, it's all, we'll do anything we got to do to win. I mean, come on. So uh, I wasn't too surprised by this uh his coach and all, but but then I remember, of course, I remember Tebow. You know, I think that's one of the reasons Tebow got kicked out of the NFL is uh, really didn't get encouraged to stay in the NFL because he'd get out there, and this is always what we were talking about on the bricks. Tebow couldn't put his knee down and 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 th give thanks, but Kaepernick could not, you know, could not not stand for the uh, national anthem, and nobody kicked his butt for that. But they got down on Tebow for praying, but they let Kaepernick disrespect the flag. Yeah, there you go, brother. So the Supreme Court just said, hey, listen, we're not going to kowtow to the secular left, the hysterical secular left. And if you don't think they aren't hysterical, we've already covered some of the screams that they come up with over the abortion. I mean, my God, I, you want to, it's like you pull the curtain back in the freak show and there they all were. You knew they were behind the curtain all this time. But when now we pull the curtain back, we see all the freaks. They're back there screaming and gnashing their teeth and, 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 and you know, and, oh, God. And, and we knew all along they were nuts, but they were never out front until now. And the, and the, <laughs> and the doggone curtains come back from the road versus Wade, and there they are screaming and gnashing their teeth and, and wanting to burn down the justice. I mean, it's, you know, there's awful people. They can't control their emotions. So, you know, they're all up in arms now that uh, two or three things have not gone their way. Gun control hadn't gone their way. Uh, Roe versus, all it is is reading the Constitution and not reading, putting something in it. It's not there. So what this really means, excuse me, is that public schools cannot force a teacher to remove a cross from around his or her neck. Uh, you can't ask one of the uh, Muslim people to, remove the scarf from around their head. Um, um, you know, it's, um, 
employees of these state institutions, basically what this means, should be able to keep their religious identities when they're working. And this is the uh, uh, Washington Examiner's written about this. And I'm going to go through a, 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 a potpourri here of some of the things. Now, this Sonia Sotomayor is about as nutty as they get. Uh, she is cast in the uh, profile of some of the things you've read here uh, by Chestnut and some of these people. Um, she said that, and this, this, is really, this is really funny to me. She said, and one of the reasons she was against uh, Kennedy, this is the coach's name, Kennedy, uh, being able to pray with his team. Now, listen to this. Uh, because he's such a, Kennedy's such a powerful influence with his players uh, that the ones who don't pray with him uh, might not get to play. Let me tell you something, brother. We'll play anybody if that guy will help us win. If he's got the killer instinct, that's the big thing. He's got to have what we call the killer instinct. He's got to want to kill you on that field. That's what we, that's what we call it, the killer instinct. He's going he's gonna to knock you out of the game. That's the way the game's played. It's not for the meek. We'll play anybody. I mean, my golly, I got a joke for you, okay? I think I've told it before. Coach Kersey at Tampa <clears throat> from 1968 to 1970, something along in there, I think it was those two years, Coach Tampa. And during those two years, he assembled a team out of players basically who'd been kicked out of other schools, Matusak, uh, Sammy Gilderstead, and, and people like this. He had some guys who hadn't been, but he, he had this potpourri of guys. And they were renegades. They were characters that had been too tough to handle by other institutions. I mean, they, you know, robbed a McDonald's or something, you, know, you name it. And the joke was that one day a uh, player came along. In those days, you could just walk into Coach Kersey's office <clears throat> and ask for a tryout. And basically, if he looked at you and thought you looked like you could, he'd say, suit up, put a suit on him, and let him go out there on the field. So this guy, well, this is a joke. Not, you know, and I've asked some of the players, and they say it's pretty true. There's truth in the joke anyway. So the joke is, and this was told to me by the players, a guy walked into the coach's office and said, I can play. And Coach Kirsten said, oh, you look pretty good to me. Put, put him out there. So he goes out there, and he's in the huddle, out on the field. And not too long after that, long comes the FBI. <clears throat> they come into Coach Kersey's office and say, hey, Coach, there's an escaped convict, uh, and we think he might have come here. And he, he, he might be <clears throat> out there in a huddle with the other players. So the word went out to the huddle, and the players understood that the FBI was coming out to check them out and that there might be an escaped convict in there with them. And they looked around at each other and said, well, hell, that could be any of us. I think that's one of the funniest football jokes I've ever heard. Well, hell, that could be any of us. The point is, if you think for one minute, Sotomayor, what world, what world, what moon 
do you live on? I know she's never put a helmet on. What, what moon does she live on? Well, she thinks that the players will be intimidated by the coach praying and be forced to join the coach praying because if they don't, he might not play them. <clears throat> I tell you, I tell you what. She says that. Now get this, my friends. She says that without any documentable, not documentable evidence. That is strictly off the top of her head or the bottom of her body. You choose which one fits. She made that up out of thin air. Total conjecture. A Supreme Court justice. Sotomayor. Negan's not too far behind. What this means, really, is the left has never had any capacity to tolerate public displays of Christian belief or any beliefs that contradict their secularity. Now, it's okay for the left if teachers sponsor gay pride clubs. Really? Wouldn't you be intimidated if you were a student and your teacher was gay and also gay pride and, and graded you? You could be. The Sotomayor thought about that. Schools have curricula, entire curricula that are, are in that are focused on environmentalism, Feminism, critical race theory, but if one football coach dares to take a knee at the 50-yard line after a football game to give thanks to God, and that is directly out of the Washington Examiner article, what a great sentence. Democrats lose their minds. Isn't that a great little collection of sentences? Teachers can sponsor gay pride clubs. Schools can have entire curricula centered on environmentalism, feminism, critical race theory. You talk about intimidation. Let me just, let me just read this to you. I'm, it's, it's out on Ward's Hot Bulletin Board. You, 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 this, I, I've got it out there. This was leaked to me by a frightened, frightened teacher in the department at University of Florida that houses the dance. And I'll tell you what, it was practically like having to get it under on this. Here it is. It is, it is said, Dear UF Dance Students, and it's out on the board's bulletin board, so you can read it. And it's a while back. So the faculty members of the dance area of the SOTD joined alumni and current students' condemnation 
of systemic racism in the school of dance and theater. The faculty members of the dance area of the School of, dance, of, of, of Theater and Dance emphatically condemn global anti-blackness, including the brutal murders of black people and the economic, political, educational, and health systems that devalue black life. This is a, inside the University of Florida, we stand with countless Americans in affirming that black lives matter. And the Supreme Court Sotomayor is complaining about a coach at the 50-yard line. Let me read on. We also recognize that the field of dance, are you ready for this sentence? We also recognize that the field of dance has been built upon and benefited from white supremacist beliefs, policies, and practices. Do you know where ballet really is best practiced? In Russia, in Ukraine, in European theaters. This is, you think I lie. Go out towards hot bulletin board. Take a look at it. Are we still getting live chat? By the way, I don't see it coming up here. I'm seeing something else, Sammy. What's going on here? We are getting, I'm not seeing it for some reason. I'm getting, I'm getting a summary of the, of the old shows. I don't know why. Somebody, has, give me the chat. Give me the chat back, please. Anyway, I can't see your chat right now. I'm not sure why. First time that's ever happened. Uh, I'm assuming I'm still live. I'm looking at myself talking. So I must be live. I hope you're hearing this. I don't know. I can't tell right now. I'm seeing something weird on my screen. Um, anyway, um, we are about five minutes out. I just want to show you that these, um, th th this is a... Uh, let me see. I, and I, I can't. I haven't got time to look at it and fix it. I don't know what's what's going on here. But uh, let me see what's going on. Maybe I can fix it. There yeah, we got it. Got it back. I don't know what. I don't know what happened. <laughs> but anyway, I got it back. Must be my fault, you guys. But anyway, this is inside. This is a memo. This is a, more than that. It's a it's a letter that's inside the University of Florida. Um, um, it, it is um, uh, a dance area uh, uh, inside the school of theater and dance, commitment to anti-racism uh, and putting down Eurocentric dance techniques. Um, I, I am just dumbfounded by it. I've kept it. It was, as I say, it was sneaked to me. And um, I, I, I don't, I really applaud the courage of the person who, who sent it to me. I've learned that where this is coming from is a, a particular dean that's been hired who's black, who has dragged into the classical world of dance all of the systemic racism BS, and that you really can't fire these people because then you always run the risk of racism. So what you do with these type of people is you promote them. Isn't that interesting? 
you promote them and you get them up to where they don't really have any say so in the day to day workings of the faculty and you can't intimidate. Uh, the faculty at the University of Florida right now, I can tell you, I talk to a lot of them are intimidated. And these little opinions we're getting from the Supreme Court right now about guns and prayer uh, uh, and, and uh, abortion are a breath of fresh air to the faculty who've talked to me who are so intimidated by the violent, hysterical, confrontational nature of the hysterical left. Um, I thank you very much for going along with us today. And it was my fault, I think, here. I couldn't see the chats. But um, there we are. I um, apologize. I apologize. I apologize. I think we're going to fade out with, um, uh, yeah, you know, one of our, uh, do we, are, are we going to play our back from the USS? Are y'all with me? Um, so anyway, I think I'm going to bow out and we're going to play back in the USS contributor song. Are we not? I believe. It's a tragedy Cause Biden's doing so much Aren't we look like the USSR now We're back in the USSR now Back in the USSR Creepy Joe and his kids are such crooks They leave all justice behind They and all the lefties want you and me to watch our nation decline Back to the USSSR now Back to the USSR now Back to the USSR